Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And Raider Nation woke up today and said, wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. I know there was a whole fan base celebrating today, not because it's a hood holiday, but it's June 1st, and we all know that all of a sudden the Raiders woke up with a large bank account as far as the salary cap goes. Now they have approximately about $25 million in their bank account, which is pretty nice to say. And now we all sit back and we watch to see what they do with it. Welcome into Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Demond Cotton, he's back in the home studios, and I'm in my home studio. I uh, had a lot going on this morning. have a graduation to go to a little bit later on this evening. Little Sarah's graduating, which is really strange to say that, right? But uh, I guess you can't call her Little Sarah too much longer as she's graduating. But, hey, that's what it is. Got some family in town, so very excited about that. Uh, Going to see that a little bit later on this evening at the MGM Grand Coronado uh, class of 2022 will be graduating, so that's where I'll be in attendance a little bit later after the show. But I'm with you, rocking and rolling with you for the next two hours here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Of course, want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. Also have a couple good guests that I'm excited about on today's show, so we'll hear their great insight. And like I said, man, just rock and roll for the next couple hours. We got some movie tickets to give out on the show today as well. Jurassic World, we're going to send you to the movies. Also, not only are we going to send you to the movies, but I got the movie premiere hookup. And myself, Damon, we're going to be in the building hosting the movie premiere. So we definitely want to encourage you to come on out to that. That's going to be June 7th. And uh, like I said, at some point in the show today, probably about 2.45, we'll give out a pair, of, another pair of those tickets. And we're giving them out each and every day here on Raider Nation Radio 920. As mentioned, I have a couple good guests to get to on the show. Coming up at 2.30, our good friend Mo Moten, Maurice Moten from uh, Bleacher Report, also Silver and Black tonight with Scott Goldbranson. They do a show together. Uh, he has a really good piece that he put out, and I mentioned the piece that Tashawn Reed from The Athletic put out just a day ago about post-June uh, post 1st free agent money and who the Raiders could be targeting. Well, Mo Moten, who does a fantastic job as a writer as well as a, as a co-host on the radio show, he put out a really good piece called Las Vegas Raiders ranking the top five post-June 1 free agent targets. It had some really good names on here. Uh, it's really intriguing. He, he broke it down. I like the way he broke it down, why he uh, you know, put some of these guys into, into, this, uh, into this piece and thinks that the Raiders could target any of these guys, if not a couple of these guys. So we'll get most thoughts coming up at 2.30 on the show, and then at 3.30, well, at 3 o'clock, we'll have cover three NFL news and notes of the day, uh, just kind of scatter shoot across the league and whatever's going on. I like to do that every once in a while, a couple times a week. I like to get some cover three notes in there and just kind of let you know what's going on with the rest of the NFL, not just what's going on with the silver and black. So that's coming up at 3 o'clock. Then at 3.30, Tommy Call the third uh, from USA Today. He's going to join us to talk about the Warriors. going to talk NBA Finals, but he covers the Warriors like a glove, so I want to get his thoughts on the eve of the NBA Finals getting kicked off tomorrow evening at the Chase 
Center in San Francisco. Uh, definitely want to get someone on to talk some uh, Boston Celtics as well because I think this is going to be a hell of a series. This is no no way going to be a cakewalk for the Warriors at all. Boston's going to bring their A game, so we'll talk to Tommy Call 3 about uh, the Warriors side of things coming up at 3.30. And, of course, throughout the course of the show, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you. All you got to do is hit us up on the Raider Nation listener line. That's 702-654-4693. And also the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword r is always wide open. Like some old school TV attendants. Again, 69187, keyword r and let us know whatever is on your mind. So with that being said, now that you know the guests, we've got Mo Moten at 2.30, Tommy Call the third at 3.30. Now that you know that, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now, there was a lot of different directions that I was thinking about going today for the opening drive. As I mentioned, it's June 1st. Of course, the Raiders have a lot more salary cap space, but we did that in pretty good detail uh, on yesterday's show, talking about priorities, what priorities, what direction do I think that the Raiders should go, and what direction do you think the Raiders should go with their extra cap space? Who should they spend the money on? What should they spend the money on? Should they keep it in-house? Should they uh, go outside and get an offensive lineman? Should they go out and get a corner? Should they go and get a safety? Uh, DeMond in the home studio had said wide receiver. He had talked about OBJ. I think that that's an unnecessary luxury. But, hey, I mean, it all is good. Uh, You know, it's always about a matter of opinion. But then I noticed something today, and I haven't – I don't play video games anymore. I used to be a guy that every year when Madden came out, I would go and get it because then I felt like that means that – uh, football season is a little bit closer. Now, Madden didn't come out today. It was not released today, but the cover was released. And we've talked to many players on this show. We've talked to many players on my podcast, on national shows, whatever. And one of their things that they always wanted, even when the unfortunate passing of John Madden happened, uh, so many people you know, that were talking on the show with us said, hey, one of my goals in life was to be on the cover of Madden. So the Madden cover came out today, and, of course, John Madden is on it again, which – as he should be, right? That was the only right answer was to have Madden on. And apparently there's about three different uh, covers that Adam Schefter tweeted out, uh, different John Madden covers of the Madden video game. And what I've been, like I said, I haven't played it since Richard Sherman was on the cover. That was the last time I played it, Richard Sherman was on the cover. I literally went out and bought it, and that was the last year. And he was still part of the Legion of Boom. Now he's not even in the league. So that tells you all you need to know. But matter of fact, let me ask Demond before I go any further. Demond, when was the last time you played Madden, or do you still do you still tap into Madden? Oh, it's been such a long time since I played. The last one where I was good at it, where I was like, "Yo, I'm dominating," was I want to say 2016 with OBJ on the cover. Okay, like I can still dabble every now and again if somebody's got it. You know, the controls are all still the same. But you ain't got yeah, no like, game. come on, Q. Like I said, dominating. Were hey, you really? My nickname is Demonster for how I used to be beating people in video games. 2K oh, and Madden Davis, yo, they say, yo, you Demonster. I, I can't even take up. you ser- I, I can't even take you seriously up, when you say stuff like that. Demonster, yes. Because half the time you be BSing anyway. I mean, so I can't even take you seriously. I'm trying well, to this, see. This is a real true story here. You got to believe this one. I, of all the stories to believe, believe Demonster. Well, remember the boy that cried wolf, and at some point he finally was serious? I don't even see OBJ on the cover. When was he on the cover? Madden 16, I'm looking at a list of oh, all yeah, the covers right now. now. Okay, it was right after Madden 15. Okay, I'm, my bad. Yeah, it was right after Richard Sherman. Matt, Sherman was 15, OBJ was 16, uh, Gronk was 17, Tom Brady 18, uh, Antonio Brown 19, Mahomes 20, then you had Lamar Jackson 21, you had Brady and Mahomes in 2022, and now you have 
John Madden. So, so that was the last time you played was about 16? Yeah, that's the last one I bought. Okay, okay, cool. I got you. I got you. Well, like I said, 2015 was the last one I bought with uh, Richard Sherman on the cover. But as I was going through it, as I just went through about, I don't know, eight or nine years of Madden, the one thing I noticed outside of John Madden, there is no Raider representation whatsoever. There has not been in the 34 years, 34 uh, showings of Madden, unless I'm wrong about one of these, there's no Raider representation. Now, of course, Madden, we all know he was the Raiders head coach, but a lot of people know Madden from being in the booth and the video game. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to discredit John Madden at all. I'm talking about player representation. There's no Raider player representation. So I thought, why not have a little bit of fun today? Since the cover came out, since it's all over Twitter, since people are talking about it, I thought we'd have a little bit of fun uh, with the question, the show topic that I wanted to throw out there to you at 702-365-9200. Since there is no Raider representation. And it's so funny because there was one year and I was like, man, I could have sworn there was some Raider representation. It was like a special cover edition, but I think that was the Hall of Fame edition and it just had Madden on it as well. Because I started, I was, I was like really racking my brain. I was like, I could have sworn I bought it because it had some, some Raider representation, but I believe it was just Madden on the cover and it was the Hall of Fame edition. But again, hey, if, if I'm wrong, that's cool. Please reach out and let me know because I would love to know which one it is. I mean, I'm looking at all the years. I'm seeing Eddie George. That's one that you should know about. Dante Culpepper. I'm seeing Marshall Falk, Michael Vick, Ray Lewis, Donovan McNabb, Sean Alexander, uh, Vince Young, Brett Favre, Troy Polamalu, and uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, I'm seeing Drew Brees. Um, what, Peyton Hillis, uh, let's see, Calvin Johnson, who's after that? I'm trying, this is a very small picture. Oh, man, I'm losing that one. Uh, Barry Sanders. Yes, thank Man 25. Yeah, Man 25 was Barry Sanders, uh, and then you have Richard Sherman, OBJ, and the ones that I already mentioned. So there you go. So out of the 34 years of Madden, I'm not seeing any Raiders representation outside of Madden. So my question to you is, and the Raider Nation, is who do you think? Now, all these guys are worthy, obviously. But out of all those years, who would you have thought could have graced the cover of Madden? And when was it and why? So you have to do a little bit of, of digging. You have to figure this out. You have to think about it. And maybe you could even go further back. Like I said, it's only been 34 years. Maybe, you know, maybe somebody who's been watching the Raiders and watching the Silver and Black for, you know, 60 years is like, man, Lester Hayes should have been on the cover. You know what I mean? I'm, hey, it is all good. It is all fair. I just want to hear from you. Like I said, I think it'd be a little bit of fun uh, to go ahead and, and, and open, up that, uh, open up that conversation a little bit. Uh, no Raiders. No Raiders whatsoever on the cover of Madden. Who do you think would be a good representation of the game? And, and let's take it a step further. Who do you think could be a Raider in the future to be on Madden? I have a couple answers that I immediately popped, pop in mind that I think of, and I think that everybody will reach out and say. I mean, I would say Mad Max Crosby probably has a great opportunity to be on the cover of, of Madden. He can go out there and have a 15, 16, 17 sack season. And I could totally see him gracing the cover of Madden. But, uh, you know, what current Raider would you, put on, uh, would you put on the cover of Madden? And what former Raider do you think could have been on the cover of Madden? Again, I'm not trying to take away from any of the guys that have been on it. Because, again, I think all those guys were very deserving of the opportunity to be on the cover of Madden. But if there was a Raider that you thought maybe deserved a shot, maybe you think it was Khalil Mack. You know, he did win Defensive Player of the Year. Maybe you thought that that's, that should be the guy 
uh, let us know about it. 702-365-9200. And, of course, the Salmon Ash text line is 69187. We got Mo Moten coming up at 2.30. We're going to talk about uh, the new free agency money, the new salary cap money that the Raiders have, what they could potentially do with it, including the piece that he put out talking about five targets, five guys that he has in mind that uh, the Raiders could be looking at and how they can help the team. But let's go out to the Raider Nation. Listen to the line, 702-365-9200. DeMond, who's up first? Juan the Smasher. Juan the Smasher. I want to hear a good one, man. Calling from the 702. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. What's up, Q? What's going on? Yeah, I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. Man, you, man, now you guys over here talking about this mad and more. Man, this is, this is like my cup of tea, dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'll be smashing cats. These cats, 21 skunk, get out of here, homie. Next. Hey, that's the rules, oh, right? 21 blowout. Hey, 20, hey, yeah, 21 <laughs> skunk, go, go cry to your mommy. Next. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, but, if, but if, if I could pick one Raider that 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 belongs in the cover, it's a shame. But I'm just saying, like we we never had a Raider. I would say three guys come close. I would say Namdi, Namdi and 08. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. He, he belonged there. Mac, and if, I, I'm gonna say Carr. Throw my throw throw Carr in there. In, in next year. He's gonna, yeah, I'm just saying. Hey, he's gonna win us the Super Bowl. I'm naive. People say, they, they, yeah, they, they can say all this stuff, but they won't say it to my face. Let's go, Raiders. Hey, good stuff, man. This. Hey, great call, man. Juan the Smasher right here in the seven hundred two. Great call. I like it, man. Namdi, how? That's a good one. That's a really good one, and I'll tell you why. One, I always say DBs win games, but I remember how angry I was at Namdi because he had all this hype about going to be a shutdown corner. He's going to be this guy, and it never developed. It never developed, and I was like, man, when is this guy going to develop? When is he going to turn into the dude that everyone expects him to be? I remember, man, people were talking about this guy. He's got the length. He's got enough speed. He's physical at the line of scrimmage. He was a Bay Cat coming from Cal. I mean, everything that – Everything he was built to be, I was excited about. And it took forever for something to click. But when it did, once he got that first interception, and then he turned into what? Eight interceptions that year, I believe? All of a sudden, he was the dude. It's like he immediately turned into the dude. And that's when, and I ain't going to lie, I was like, I knew Nomdi had it in him. I knew he was going to be that guy, even though I was, man, in my mind, I had been cursing him for years because I was trying to figure out why in the hell could he not develop into the dude he was supposed to be. But, man, once he did, once he did, he uh, he was cooking with grease, man. So that's a good one. I like that. Uh, he also said Khalil Mack. And, look, there was a moment where Khalil Mack was the hottest thing cooking, right? So I could totally see that. Uh, obviously, it didn't end well for the Raiders with him going to Chicago and now in L.A. with the Chargers. But, I mean, that year he was defensive uh, player of the year. I, I, or, yeah, defensive player of the year. I could totally see him being that guy. You know, look, with that being said, I know he's not a Raider, but I could see Aaron Donald being on the cover as well. I mean, Aaron Donald's a hell of a player every single year. You want to talk about a consistent dude that gets it done from the interior of the defensive line? I mean, that's Aaron Donald to a T. That guy, he's he is a, a dog, you know. So uh, I could totally see uh, see Aaron Donald, but uh, I like that man. I like that uh, Khalil Mack, and then he goes out on a limb. He goes out on a limb, but he kind of prefaces it and puts a little uh, asterisk next to it and says, "I'm naive." But he throws Derek Carr in there. He threw Derek Carr in there and said he's going to win him a Super Bowl. He's going to be on the cover of Madden. And you know what? Uh, I look. I don't know. I don't know what the the future holds as far as what Derek Carr is going to do this year. I know what I believe he can do. I know that it looks like he has the right pieces in place, and he's going to have an opportunity to do that. I did like how Dan Orlovsky from ESPN had tweeted out, you know, quarterbacks that you win with, and he put Derek Carr on that list. You know, I think I think there's a lot of national 
representation now for Derek Carr where people are like, no, that dude – that dude's a, a winner. That dude can get it done. You know, obviously he doesn't have the win-loss record that you would want. Obviously he hasn't won a playoff game yet, but there's a lot of folks, man, that, that are really starting to give Derek Carr some props. And I think what he was able to do last season, given all the ups and downs, all the trials and tribulations that the Silver and Black had to go through, I think with all that being said, I think that really opened a lot of folks' eyes to who Derek Carr is as a man and what Derek Carr means to this team as a player, I think that what he was able to do really went a long way. So uh, I've just started to notice more and more. And I saw someone say, hey, man, it's great to see Derek Carr on that list. And Dan Orlowski said, oh, I've always rocked with Derek Carr. And maybe he has. Maybe he has. But I'll tell you, I haven't seen so much love for Derek Carr uh, as, I, as, as I have as of late. And I think a lot of that has to do with what we saw from him in 2021 as he led the Silver and Black to the playoffs. I was just, matter of fact, I did a radio hit this morning uh, with a guy overseas, uh, Anthony Wooten. He's, uh, he hit me up from, uh, from London, and uh, he wanted to talk. Of course, he wanted to talk some Kaepernick, but he also wanted to talk just Raiders. And one of, the, one of the situations that he wanted to talk about was what happened last year. And it was funny because when he started the conversation, I was like, oh, man, we're going all the way back to last year? You know, because I'm full steam ahead, but I also haven't talked to Anthony in like a year. So I realized he was doing a whole year catch-up, and he kept just riding and riding and riding on the fact that what Derek Carr did last year, you know, from a distance was incredible. You know, being able to watch what he did and the way that he navigated in and out with all the issues going on, changing the head coach, losing a star player. I mean, all just all kind of ish. And he was able to, to weather the storm and make it to a 10-win team and almost, I mean, gets right there on the door, knocking on the door of the, of the end zone to potentially go down and tie that game against Cincinnati. Got to give that dude a lot of credit. I'm just starting to notice a lot of people – doing exactly that, giving him a lot of credit. 702-365-9200. Juan, thank you for that call. DeMond, who's up next? SoCal Raider. SoCal Raider calling from SoCal. What's on your mind, brother? Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Uh, fan of the show. Uh, Q, fan of uh, Locked On Raiders podcast. You guys always have uh, great news on the Raiders, so that's pretty dope. Uh, as far as Madden, I'm a huge fan of Madden. I try to get it every year, you know, try to pay my respects to the great John Madden. Yes. And uh, as far as a, a player, um, actually Madden, was it this past Madden, the one with uh, with uh, Mahomes and Brady? They actually yeah. had like a special edition, uh, Bo Jackson. So if you look up the cover, I think it's called like Bo Knows. They they had him on the, on the cover for a minute, but I think that would have been a, a pretty good Raider to have on the on the cover, Bo Jackson. So did they officially put him on, or was or no? It, they had it for a minute because um, I got it through the Xbox, mm. and uh, and they did have like his face on it for like a couple weeks, and then it switched back to uh, to Mahomes and Brady. But oh, okay, got you. Yeah, if you Google it, there is a cover with uh, Bo Jackson. He's standing. It looks like he's standing over the camera. Okay, but it was a pretty, it was a pretty cool cool cover. Okay. Yeah, I just pulled it up, and I can second that. This is dope. Okay. I, I, yeah, yeah. Send, send me a, a screenshot of it or something so I can see it, Damon, because I, I haven't seen it yet, but that's cool. All right. Well, good deal. There you go. All right. Well, hey, thank you for the call, man. Fantastic stuff. All right, All right. Q, I figured out mine. Okay. You had to do a little research. But, like, for it to contextually make sense, like to replace someone that obviously had a spectacular season, take them off the cover of Madden, I would take Marshall of 03 because that would be off of Rich Gannon's MVP season and put okay. him on the cover. Wow, that's some deep research you did right there. 
I like that. I like that. Not only did you put someone on the cover, but you took someone off to be able to do it and make it make sense. Okay. I like that. Was that the year, the one that Madden or the one that Marshall Falk was on? Did the the Rams go to the Super Bowl the year before? No, they wouldn't have even gone to the Super Bowl before. Was he the MVP? Because that would, that, you know, the 03 cover would be following the 02 season. So Gannon's coming off the MVP season. It would have made sense to put him on the cover. Gotcha. I'll see what the Rams did that's, well, okay. that season before. Okay. But it just makes sense for me to put the yeah. prior year's MVP on. I got you. I got you. I think there's a lot of folks, including myself, and this is no disrespect to them, but I always wondered uh, how Peyton Hillis got on the Madden 06 cover. I never understood it that. I never understood it. The votes for I, the finals that year? I, I never understood this. that. Yeah. The votes for the finals that year, it was him versus Michael Vick. And uh, I remember because it, it was Sports Nation on ESPN. They, they had them both in studio. Yeah. And they revealed the winner there. So I think that it was just the uh, – I'll just say it. I don't think people wanted Michael Vick to win it. It was more of we not giving it – like the, just the people voting. Right. We're going to give it to Peyton Hillis before we give it to Michael Vick again. I never understood that one. I'm not going to lie. I, and, hey, credit to him for being on the cover, but I just never understood it. And I know that he was a heck of a little running back there at Cleveland. Uh, I believe he was a fullback. Was he the fullback there? Uh, so I just – I don't know. It was. It was. Uh. It, it kind of blew my mind. I gotta go back and look at uh at his at his stats because I don't remember. I just remember when he when he got on the cover. I was like, really, <laughs> really? Uh, he was running back. Let me see what he did here. Let me check out Peyton Hillis's career stats first of all. <laughs> Let's see his career. Totally disrespecting this. You're about out. to be so disappointed. Oh man, am I really? I don't even see his career stats. Oh man. Don't worry, I got him up. Okay, go for it. Give me some. 23 touchdowns total. In his career? In the career. Didn't he have like seven-year season? Seven years? Came into the league in 08. Last season was 2014. Okay, so yeah, there you go. But that one season with Cleveland that got him on the cover, 11,000 yards rushing. 11,000? He never eleven thousand. I mean, 11, yards. Excuse me, excuse me, eleven hundred. You know, <laughs> I'm about to say eleven thousand. You know I mean? No wonder he's on the cover. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Eleven hundred. Yeah, you're course. all good. You're eleven good. touch, eleven rushing touchdowns. Okay, and two receiving touchdowns. So thirteen touchdowns total. That's what got him on the cover. Now let me go see what Michael Vick did for him to come in second place. I'm in about to say that, that probably was just a down year for the league because that. Was, I mean, that's a good season. Don't get me wrong, but it's. I don't know. It's nothing. It's nothing I'd put someone on the cover for. Uh, how about this text on the Salmon Ash text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R from Vegas Pete? For those that don't know, the first Madden game had his playbooks for the Raiders in the game. EA tends to put MVPs on the cover or Super Bowl quarterbacks. I think Charles Woodson could send EA a bunch of his wine as a bribe. If it was me, I'd put the current Hall of Famers on the cover. There you go, Vegas Pete with a little uh, intel behind what EA Sports does. I've heard that the game's not that good anymore either. That's what I've, I've heard a lot of people say, that they're not fans of the game. Someone said, uh, show John Madden some, uh, some respect and actually make the game good. Again, I haven't played it since 2015's game, so I, I wouldn't know. Uh, Gizmo said the first Madden was released in 89. Coach was on the cover, but that year Bo Jackson was running the sports world in the NFL and Major League Baseball. If they would have had players on the cover back then, Bo knows he would have been the very first, and, of course, it would have been Raiders. So, uh, yeah, man, Bo was the dude. He, but remember, Bo was running Tech Mobile. Remember Bo on Tecmo Bowl? That dude, you knew all you had to do was give him the ball and a sweep onto the outside, and he was going to take it to the house. And I don't know about you, DeMond, if you were playing Tecmo Bowl back there, but when I was playing it, I would run Bo up the sideline like he's getting ready to score a touchdown. Then I would run all the way across the field and then all the way back. And, I mean, I would just waste time. You know what I mean? Like I would just run these dude in circles because nobody 
was great. So, uh, yeah, Bo was running Tecmo Bowl in a major way, which was actually the first game that I really fell in love with before John Madden. I, I love me some Tecmo Bowl, but there you go. I've never played Tecmo Bowl. I've heard all the old stories yeah. from people like you. Oh, man, Bo Jackson, yo, you could just – you get the Raiders. It was like you were cheating. Yeah, it was. It was. It, yeah, some people played Tecmo Bowl, and they wouldn't even allow you to play with the Raiders because it was just unfair. I mean, it really was. I mean, you had Bo Jackson and Tecmo Bowl as a wrap. It was just that simple. You just couldn't couldn't do it. So there, there you go. Uh, let's see. All right, what you got for me? Moi? Yeah, I thought you had another. St- I thought you had another stat you were hitting me with. You know? Oh no, I didn't. Oh, okay, no worries, no worries. That's all good. I thought I saw you leaning over to the computer, so I thought you had pulled up something that you wanted to uh, run by me. That's okay. I, I ain't mad at you. Two twenty-four is the time. When we come back, we'll be talking all things Raiders. Their salary cap, their new found salary cap space. What? Does Mo Moten think that they should do with it? He's got a good answer. He's got a good article that he put out. We'll talk about it. We'll hear from Mo next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Had it thrown out there earlier today, John Madden, as he should, is gracing the cover of Madden 23. When I was going through the covers, I didn't see any Raider representation. Now, I've been, you know, there's been a call. Let us know that Bo Jackson was on it for a quick minute. Mo, or not Mo, but uh, Mo's going to join us in a second. Damon, uh, you actually saw you saw the the Bo Jackson cover that everyone was talking about that uh, you know was on it for a quick second. But really, for the most part, hasn't been any real big Raider representation. So I threw out the question there to you: uh, If there was a past Raider that you think should have been on the cover of Madden, who would it be? And if there's a current Raider that you think should at some point be on the cover of Madden? Who do you think it should be? 69187, keyword R&R. That's the Sam and Ash text line. Right now on the phone lines, though, is our good friend Mo Moten from Bleacher Report, also Silver and Black Tonight. Does a fantastic job. And, Mo, before we get into your latest piece that you wrote on Sports Knot, let me ask you this. Uh, I don't know how big a video game guy you are, but uh, uh, what do you think about uh, Madden cover? Do you think there's a Raider that currently could end up being on the cover, or do you think one in the past should have been on the cover? Okay, I got a lot of thoughts on this because I played a ton of Madden back in my day. Okay. Um, of course, my hey, my heyday is over. Last Madden I played, I think, it was Peyton Hills was on the cover in 2012, <laughs> Drew Brees in 2011. So I'm I'm way old school, old school. But if I had to put a current Raider on, if Darren Waller gets paid, put that man on the cover. He's getting his money. Ooh. Okay. So, so if if he's getting if he's getting his money, you got to put him on the cover. Give him all the shine. But. For me, as many know, my favorite rate of all time is Charles Woodson, so pass rate has to be Charles Woodson. I like it. I like it. That's a good but, one right but, there. But really quick, really okay. quick, I have one creative cover. I think if we're going to get creative with the Madden cover and we're going to put a Raider on there, it should be Richard Seymour giving Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> the mush face on the middle of the field. I think that should be on the cover right there. <laughs> I, think, I think all Raider Nation would love that. I think that every <laughs> single member of Raider Nation would love to see Richard Seymour, uh, Big Face, and uh, Big Ben. Uh, yeah, that would be a good one. I like that. Well, Mo, that's that's a great breakdown right there. And We were just talking about that Peyton Hillis cover, and I don't want to be or sound disrespectful, but I never understood how he made the cover on that year anyway. So <laughs> I just – I didn't. But. True that. 
you know, that is me. But, hey, what I got you on here for is your article that you put out, <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders ranking the top five post-June 1 free agent targets. Uh, that's out there on Sports Night. Of course, you work for Bleach Report, Silver and Black Tonight, do a fantastic job with all of that, everything that you do. So yesterday on the show I was talking about priorities, and I was talking about what mm-hmm. the Raiders, when they get this post-June 1 money, what their priorities should be. And I was – focusing on in-house guys, as you mentioned, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. That was my first priority. But how do you prioritize what the Raiders should do with this newfound money that they have? I would say I would get Darren Waller paid. Um, but if they're going to go up talent or just shoring up some spots on the roster, it's got to be right tackle. I think they should continue to actually focus on the trenches. because We all know the Raiders didn't have a first or second round pick. Uh, Dylan Parham could get some time at center guard. We'll see. Matthew Butler is the guy I think is, that could surprise and get a lot of snaps as a rookie. Neil Farrell Jr. also in the mix. But I think they need to continue to focus on the trenches. That right tackle position is still sticking out to me. A lot of people still reaching out and saying, what are we going to do at right tackle? Are we going to get a right tackle? And I right. would say if Alex Edwards is going to play right guard, I would hope so because I no disrespect to Brandon Parker, but he's been in the league for four years and we just haven't seen it from him. Right. And I wouldn't want Brandon Parker at right tackle. So I think they should sign a, a Darrell Williams, and I think that's, on top of a lot of people's lists. Uh, Dominican Sue has got a lot of buzz lately, of course, because he's probably not going to go back to Tampa Bay because they signed Akeem Hicks. I was buzzing about Dominican Sue two, two weeks ago. I said they should sign him. A lot of people are like, no, he's too old. But it, if you say that, it lets me know you haven't watched a lot of Tampa Bay Bucks from watching Dominican Sue play football because that guy can still play at 35 years old. I think he hasn't missed a game in over a decade. Right. And Iron Man's still in the middle. He, he can play all three downs, and I think he can – Rush the pass to and stuff the run, which is what the Raiders need in between their edge rushers. But I will say an underrated need, and I ha- even though I have this player listed fifth, Jack Robert Jenkins, I think the Raiders should still go out and get a cornerback because Rocky Sin had been inconsistent with the Colts. A lot of people are high on him, and I get it. He has the upside. But I will want to challenge him, make him earn that position on the boundary. I like it. Good breakdown right there. And, you know, you mentioned a few guys that I definitely want to talk about. Daryl Williams in particular. Look, I know that a lot of people are saying, and I saw, I witnessed it myself at OTAs last week, and we'll be able to see it again tomorrow uh, when we're out there at practice. Alex Leatherwood was lining up at the right tackle position. It sounds like that they're going to give him an opportunity to try to earn that job. For me, if he earns it, fine, Mo. But I think that, like you said, bring in Daryl Williams. At least bring in a veteran to compete. And if, if Alex Leatherwood wins the job, so be it. But at least you don't want to have to throw him out there and just say, well, we have no other options. Right. And, and you also know that they're going to cross-train these players. These offensive linemen are going to play different positions because they're going to find the best five to put on the field. So he, he may be starting out at right tackle for now, but that's not necessarily where he's going to end up. We still have to go through mandatory minicamp. We still have to go through training camp. We still have to go through the preseason. And I think training camp in the preseason will ultimately decide where he lines up. And you said it. I, I think if he... If he doesn't pan out the way they think he is, then you're going to have a problem if you don't sign an insurance, uh, a good insurance policy there at right tackle. Because, again, I don't trust Brandon Parker or Alex Bars, or maybe they put a Luminar there who, who may be fine because he did play there in New England. Maybe that's the pl- backup plan B. But I think Darrell Williams is an upgrade over any of those players if it's not Alex Edwards playing at right tackle. I agree 100%. Again, we're talking right now with Mo Moten here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man, Demond Cotton's got one for you. Yeah, Mo, you just mentioned Jack. Jenkins as an outside corner that the Raiders could bring in. But if it isn't Jenkins, are there any other corners out there, maybe a Joe Hayden, that's someone that maybe I would have went with? Any other corners that <laughs> you think that maybe they could bring in? What's the huh for? Come I, on, I, 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 no, Joe Hayden still got it. <laughs> yeah, I, I get Joe Hayden if he could stay healthy because, I mean, he had a slightly – he had a, 
you know, somewhat of a down year compared to his standards, I would get that pickup. But I would, I would almost prefer someone who's accustomed to being in man coverage because that's what Patrick Graham has emphasized, you know, coming in the door and even with the Giants. He, you know, he's, he's always said man coverage, being able to play man up is very, very important. And in Pittsburgh, they, they play a zone primarily. Now, I thought about Kevin King for the same reason. He, he also played in the heavy zone uh, scheme with the Green Bay Packers. But if you're, if you're looking at the mold closer to a, a James Bradbury who did play under Patrick Graham, and he, he was known as his own cornerback coming out of Carolina when he moved from Carolina to New York, I would say Kevin King only because he is still in the prime of his career, 27 years old. He will give up a big play, but he's only allowed three touchdowns in the last two years. So he's, he could still he could still turn his I wouldn't say turn his career around, but he could still take a next step even at twenty seven years old because he's not over the hill at thirty yet. He's still pretty much a young man. He could still again turn a page in his in his career to another chapter. And some guys just need a change of scenery. I think that could work out for him. Kevin King, Oakland's own Kevin King. Don't forget about that. Right. He is a Bay Area native, so I wouldn't be mad at that. Let me ask you this about Janoris Jenkins, though, because I do like Jack Rabbit, but he had a bad year last year. What did he give up? Six TDs, I believe that's what you, your yeah. article says. Six touchdowns. I mean, he he he's not really uh you know he's not really that dude, <laughs> that lockdown dude that he used to be, Mo. So so why do you think that he'll he'll have a better season than he did last year with Tennessee? He gambles a lot, and I wrote about this that. That sometimes gets him in trouble. He reminds me of Asante Samuel a little bit, where okay. you're cheering when he gets that pick, but you're 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 banging your head against the TV screen when he jumps the route and and it goes over his head and for a touchdown. That's what happened to him a lot last year, and I'm sure Demon Cotton can speak to that <laughs> as as the resident Titans fan. But I, I think that if you discipline him a little bit, and I, you don't want to take that completely away from him because that's part of his game. But I also put this in the column that the Raiders need a guy that can force turnovers, right? And Janoris Jenkins can do that. And I believe he's had uh, nine turnovers, nine interceptions in the last two, three years. So if he could be that guy that could get you those turnovers and if he gambles, you're going to have to live with some of the headaches. But if he can get you some of those turnovers, get your offense more possessions, get you some good field position, I can live with it. And again, this is just a challenge rock out. So this is not to say Jack Rabbit would start, but you want a veteran in there to make sure your young guy earns the starting position. Right, no doubt about it. Again, we're talking with Mo Moten right now here on Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920 has got a great piece out. Las Vegas Raiders ranking the top five post-June 1 free agent targets. And one guy that caught my attention, Mo, Alexander Johnson, the inside linebacker. I'm not going to even lie to you. Inside linebacker wasn't even on my radar. So let me know why Alexander Johnson is a good fit with the silver and black in your opinion. Well, he's played an odd man front in Denver. Uh, He came up as kind of a no-name uh, early in his career, he was, you know, had some issues. He got accused of rape, was acquitted. Um, so he had a slow start to his career. He probably would have been a, a third, maybe a second, third round pick, but because of that accusation, kind of fell off the map. But he worked his way up in Denver, worked his way into a starting position. He's a tackle machine. He can cover, and I think he could possibly start. But that's what he did for Denver the last two years. He had a pectoral injury. Torres Peck last year only played six games, but as long as he's healthy, He's a starting caliber player, and as you know, next to Denzel Perman, who was a Pro Bowl last year, that position is still unsettled. Now, I like Devon Diablo, but again, you need your young guys at training camp to make sure they earn it. I know they brought in Jayon Brown, but if you have throwing Alexander Johnson in there, I think you have a pretty good competition, and, and you know, iron sharpens iron. So you get the best man in next to Perman, you're rocking at the inside linebacker position.
Yeah, I'm okay with that. I really, I really am. And so that one, that was a, that was a good one because that wasn't one that I had been thinking about. How about Cleve Farrell? I know this is not some, someone that you talked about in your piece, but he's been telling everyone he's an outside linebacker. We've seen him as the uh, edge rusher. We saw him as the number four overall pick. He just hasn't been uh, what the Raiders thought they were getting when they uh, drafted him. He's been basically a disappointment, and his fifth year option didn't get picked up. What do you think Patrick Graham does with Cleve Farrell this year? I think he moves around. I think it also depends on what he looks like, you know, at camp. Now, you could probably attest to this, uh, look at this better than I could because you'll be there. I want to know how much he weighs when he, when he reports. If he's heavier, if he's on the heavy side, he's probably going to be on the inside in some packages. If he's a little lighter like he was in his rookie year coming in, about 265, 270, then I could see him coming off the edge. But either way, He's going to be a back-end roster guy, and I think eventually he'll be suiting up for a new team next year in 2023. All right, Moen, one of your pieces that you put out last week, you had you posed the question, who's going to be that third receiver for the Raiders? Who's going to line up on the outside? And I mentioned OBJ, maybe bringing him in with some of this post-June oh, 1st money, geez. and Q laughed me out of the room, <laughs> as you just see. But who do you think will be, if they don't go and get someone on the outside, who's going to step up and be that other receiver on the outside lining across from Devontae Adams? I'm sorry, Demel, but I, I got to agree with you on this one. <laughs> OBJ just tore his ACL three months ago. The second time he tore his ACL in two years. I, I'm not touching him, I mean, unless you're going to sign him to a long-term deal because he's probably not going to give you much to get two first two, three months of the season. But to answer your question, I, I think I initially said Demarcus Robinson, but I've thought about it, and I've really looked at Keelan Cole, and I think Keelan Cole is going to be that dude. I, he, was, he was a top two or a top receiver with the Jacksonville Jaguars when he first came out. Uh, I believe he's out of Kentucky Wesleyan, uh, undrafted. So he worked his way up the ranks, had some spots with the Jets where he flashed. And I, I think the Raiders like him because as soon as they signed him, I believe one or two days later, that's when they traded Brian Edwards. So I right. think there's something about Keelan Cole that they actually really like. And I think he steps up in that third position at wide receiver. Yeah, I think DeMond's playing a little bit of Madden when he's trying to uh, add OBJ to the <laughs> roster. It's just it's just not needed. And now, Mo, let, let's close out with this. And I, I saved the best for last, potentially. I know a lot of Raider Nation has this guy on, his, on their mind. You talked about him already. And Dominick and Sue. Uh, obviously, Tampa Bay went out and got Akeem Hicks. They gave him that one-year up to $10 million contract, uh, basically more than, than what uh, you know Sue was going to potentially get. Um, how does he fit with the Raiders, and do you th- – for me, let me just put it out there. For me, I, I like him. I like him a lot. I would love to see him a, as a member of the Raiders, but I think that it's more of a luxury given their other needs. But what are your thoughts on, on Sue bringing him into the Silver and Black? Yeah, that's why I'm going to push back a little bit. I, okay. I don't think he's a luxury only because the only two guys I think that are going to get a lot of snaps on defensive line so far are Jonathan Hankins. He's a nose tackle. He's a run stuffer. And Bilal Nichols, because he signed a two-year $11 million deal with about a little, of like $7.1 million guarantee. So those two guys are going to get snaps. Now, I'm very high on Matthew Butler, but he's unproven, obviously, because he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. Same with Neil Farrell Jr. I don't think Vernon Butler is going to be a major impact player and same goes for Andrew Billings, Petco. I don't think those guys are going to be impact players. So I think the Raiders still need one more defensive line, one more rotational guy that can give you about 60% of the snaps. I think Sue fits into that. And, again, he can still stop the run. He had six sacks in each of the last two years. Yeah, 35. Hasn't missed a game since 2011. So he, you can count on him. He can rush the passer. He can stuff the run. Now, I know in the past he's been costly, but he's a little older now. Toward the end of his career, I think he'll take, I, I don't think he'll cost you, you know, $10 million on a one-year deal. I think you can get him for about, you know, $6, 7 $8 million. If you can get him for that range, I would bring him in because he's probably going to start. 
Okay. I'm not mad at that at all. So here we go. Uh, they have about $25 million in cap space. Doesn't mean they have to go and spend anything close to that. But uh, if you're in that front office, Mo, what's getting done? Who is getting taken care of? Talking about guys in-house and talking about guys out-of-house. Who are you bringing in? First of all, I'm extending Darren Wall. I'm giving him his money. I know a lot of people are going to scream, what about Hunter Renfro? What about Hunter Renfro? And I've said this earlier. I don't think the Reds are going to pay Hunter Renfro right away. I think they want to see where his production is in Josh McDaniel's system because, remember, he was basically your number one guy with Henry Ruggs going out, with Darren Waller going down, so his numbers may be a little bit inflated. So first I would take care of Darren Waller. Second thing, I would again, I would sign right tackle Darren Williams. I think that's okay. important. You want to keep Carr clean. If you want to see the best of that Carr-Devontae-Adams duo, you got to keep him upright. And he took a lot of sacks last year. So take care of Darren Waller. Take care of Darren Carr by signing the right tackle. And I would say if Dominic and Sue, if you get him for about 6-7, I'm bringing in a Dominic and Sue for an nasty defensive line. Boom. There it is right there. That is the front office man, Mo Moten himself, does a fantastic job for Bleacher Report, Silver and Black Tonight, also does great job writing, sports not. I mean, everything he does is fantastic. That's why we have him <laughs> on the show and even makes some extra time for us, was able to get out of some meetings so he can make some time for us. So, Mo, uh, what do you got coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? I'm actually, as we speak, I'm actually working on a piece on Josh McDaniels. I think he, I think his second stint with the, uh, as the head coach with the Raiders will be a success, and I'll tell you why that's going to come out on Bleach Report on Friday, so look out for that. That is called a tease in the business, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic <laughs> job, Mo. Thank you so much for making some time for us. I appreciate you. We'll be talking soon, brother. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right, there he goes. Mo. Uh, what do we want to call him? Nostradamus? Mostradamus? We'll call him that. Uh, fantastic job. Fantastic work. You heard what he said. Uh, take care of Darren Waller. Take care of Darren Williams. Bring in Nick and Sue. Not mad at that. I'm really not. If that's what they end up doing, not mad. Interesting note when he said that they're going to wait a little while to uh, extend Hunter Renfro. At least that's what his gut feeling is. I like that. Good stuff. Good breakdown from Mo Moten. How about we hook you up? How about we take care of you right now? How about we look for call number 9, 702-365-9200. We want to send you to the movies. We want to get you out of the heat. We want to send you to the movies. Jurassic World. Apparently, it's going to be the last one of these Jurassic uh, Park-type movies. We'll see. There's Someone's going to come up and be like, hey, I got a great idea for a movie. Let's do something on dinosaurs. Let's call it Jurassic something. It'll be the last one. People will eat it up. It's a great idea because that's all we do now, right? It's new movies, new movies, but it's really old movies. But that's okay. I'm fine with that. 702-365-9200. We're going to send you to the advanced screening. It's on June 7th. Looking for caller number 9, 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. I get up out of bed fired up. Sometimes the wife's like, hey, man, calm it on down. You ain't on air. <laughs> <laughs> It ain't always got to be shot. I just thought about you just waking up. Boom! <laughs> Scaring the hell out of everybody. That's how you get out of bed. <laughs> Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Got to give a big shout out to my guy Kenny. He's going to the movies with us June 7th. Check out Jurassic Park. Jurassic World, I mean. That's what they're calling it. As you can tell, I've probably never seen any of these Jurassic Parks. But I'm going to check out this one, so that's fine. Going to have fun with that, and uh, you're going to have fun with it as well as we're going to take you to the movies. We'll have more tickets to give out, but uh, definitely appreciate Kenny for being caller number nine, getting hooked up 
with a pair of tickets. And we'd love to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. Mo Moten joined us in the last segment talking about what he would do with their newfound salary cap space. He said take care of Darren Waller. He said sign the offensive tackle Darrell Williams, formerly of the Buffalo Bills, and also go after – uh, go after Andomic and Sue. Sign him if you can get him for the right price. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. What do you think? We talked about it uh, in great length yesterday about the priorities, but uh, who or what do you think that the Raiders need to do with that space? We've also been talking about the Madden cover, and uh, since the Raiders have not been represented on the Madden cover uh, outside of Bo Jackson for a couple of weeks, and, of course, John Madden, the great John Madden, uh, who would you want to put on the cover, and who do you think is a current Raider who could end up on the cover? Uh, Geese Mode hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. He said, I know it's June, but is it too early to call for Derek Carr to be on next year's Madden cover? He's only going to get to a perfect 17-0 regular season record and eventual Super Bowl title while at the same time earning league MVP and rewriting the single season record for passing touchdowns and yards, all while sporting a Mohawk Fu Manchu haircut. LFG, let's go. So there you go. That's a lot to uh, that's a lot to take in. Derek Carr is not going to lose at all next year. He's going to have a MVP type season. He's going to break all the single season records according to Geese Mode. And I obviously know he's not being one hundred percent serious. But you know, it's the second call or second uh, second time. We don't know that. Someone, no, he's he's definitely not being serious. <laughs> uh, so second time we've heard about Derek Carr though. Uh, what do you think with all his weapons? that he, he's going to have at his disposal, as long as you know, he can be protected. What do you think about his chances to have a big monster season? What kind of season do you think he could have? I don't know about setting the season single record in uh, touchdowns right. or yards, right. but I do think that this is the season that he breaks that, um, that Raider touchdown mark because I think it's at, what, still 37? 37 or 34, it's something like that. It's a, it's a very – Mid-30s. I think, yeah. like, I, I think this year that he can at least get to 40. think so, with the, huh? with the weapons that he has around him. What about the run game? How much, how much do you think the run game's going to, you know, as people in fantasy football would say, uh, what do they say, handicap, not handicap, what do they say, um, handcuff? Is that what they say? When you're stealing touchdowns, don't steal my touchdowns. That's, you I tell, have you. You can tell I don't play fantasy football. Yeah, me neither. There's, not, a phrase, not, there's a phrase that people use when they're playing fantasy football and, like, someone gets them all the way to the one-yard line and then all of a sudden, you know, someone comes in, like a Zamir White. Say Josh Jacobs gets them all the way down the field and then Zamir White comes in and punches it in. And it's like, oh, man, that guy just blanked my touchdown. So I don't know. What but I feel called. like because you say that, but all the quarterbacks that do put up the big numbers, they still get, they still, you know, get those 40-plus touchdowns somehow, some way. Yeah, but what I'm saying, what about the what about the run game? How much do you think the run game is going to contribute in the red zone? Josh still probably going to have close to ten touchdowns rushing. Okay, so Derek Carr has forty. You're saying Josh has close to ten. That's fifty touchdowns on the season. So who who else? I mean, you know what I mean? Like that's okay, what I see what you're saying. I see what you're you saying. See where I'm going with that? You know, everybody can't be scoring. You know, all right. So let me say Derek Carr thirty-seven touchdowns, Josh Jacob eight, and then we can work out. You can work out the rest. Yeah. Okay. Okay, no, that's fair, and and you might be right. He might throw forty. I, I think this. What I do think about the the offensive approach, and what I do think is going to happen in the red zone, is you're going to see a lot more passes thrown into the end zone, and so that's that's a plus right there. That's a plus in itself because there's way too many times that we saw passes going to the sideline, you know, going just a dump off to the the back, Josh Jacobs, and try to get him to wiggle all his way to the end zone, and sometimes he was able to, but not enough. You know what I mean? So I think that's going to be one of the differences that you see in the red zone. Uh, you know, they, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a, a 
as a matter of fact, approach to trying to get into the end zone. You know, Darren Waller, I mentioned the other day when he was on the Ross Tucker podcast and he was talking about his contract, he also talked about the red zone and was saying that he thought that uh, this new regime and this new coaching staff was going to have an emphasis on getting into the end zone and how important that is. 702-365-9200. Let's take a quick call. Who do we got up? Raider Fish in Berkeley. Raider Fish out of Berkeley. What's on your mind? Hey, it's always a pleasure. I'm out here on the Bay Bridge, baby. Anyway, listen, uh, I got two answers. One, Carr, after that 16th season, I think would have been a likely candidate mm. for the Madden cover. There you go. Okay? But I'm going to tell you right now, this Madden cover should have either the Raiders shield on the cover or a group photo of this past team, including Rich Visaccia, for what they did. This is team sports that is finest to overcome all that adversity and make it to the playoffs. And one bad call away from advancing in the playoffs, I think there should be a group photo of the Raiders, including Rich Visaccia, or the Raider logo on the cover of Matt this year. Let's go, Raiders! Hey, great call, Raider uh, Raider Fish in Berkeley calling from the Bay Bridge. Man, I like that. And you know what? That would have been awesome, right? I don't know if they would ever do something like that, like have a whole team photo. But you're right. With everything that they went through, including with Rich Basaccia, having him as the as the head man, that would be that would be pretty stinking cool. And that's not even from a Raiders point of view. That's just from like a life point of view, right? Everything that they went through, that is that's a good one. I really like that one. Keep those calls coming. Keep the text coming. 702-365-9200. Real quick, a, a tweet from PJ. He said they call it a touchdown vulture. That's what it is. Those guys that that steal touchdowns from the guy who did all the heavy lifting, then all of a sudden they get down there by the end zone and they get the quick touchdown. It's like, oh man, there went all my fantasy points. So thank you, PJ. Clearly, you know I'm not a fantasy sport player at all. Two fifty eight. The time will come back. We have covered three NFL news and notes of the day, but I also want to hear from you. So hit us up. We'll get to your calls. We'll get to your texts. This is Red Nation Radio nine twenty.